everyone, it's Chloe, and I'm so excited to share something fabulous with you, Vogue's first ever global fashion community, Vogue Club. Our members get to mingle with Vogue editors, yes, including me, and fellow fashion enthusiasts at exclusive events around the world. And that's just the start. Membership opens doors to the fashion industry, bringing you expert career advice and insider style and beauty tips. What are you waiting for? Head over to Vogue.com membership to join. And here's a little treat. Use code TRT20 and snag 20% off your membership. That's TRT20 for 20% off your ticket to Vogue Club. Are you in? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. This is The Run-Through. I'm Chloe Mal. And I'm Cho Minardi. And it has been a really tough week. It's been a very hard week. I think that I encourage everyone to get their breaking political news elsewhere Yeah. Um, because there are a lot of fantastic reporters doing good work from everything that is happening. And we are here to do what we do best, which is bring you news about things in the Vogue world, all things fashion, culture, things that we are excited about. And so we will not delay. Yeah. First, I'd like to bring up something that's brought me much joy and levity this week. My dear co-host is going to be editor of Vogue.com. Congratulations. Thank you, Choma. We love a musical chairs at the run-through. <laughs> we do. <laughs> we are so, so excited. I am so, 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 so thrilled. I think I'm really, I just think it's going to be, and we're going to be collaborating so much. Are we well, ready to do? I mean, as Choma well knows, the only reason I am not completely daunted by it is because I've gotten to see Trauma doing it for the last year and know that she is just a text message away <laughs> anytime I panic. And so I'm just in awe of Choma's Vogue.com and oh. everyone that works there. So it's very exciting for me. Oh, my God. I, having worked with Chloe for the past year, I know she's actually going to kick my ass at this job because she is so hyper-organized on it, energized, and like you just have enthusiasm and knowledge. Your knowledge is so deep. You're going to be, you're going to kill it. Like, Thank you, Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. I'm very excited. I start on Monday. So, you know, it's my my last week of freedom because we know certain people love um, <laughs> a five day in the office work week. <laughs> I, I think, you know, you have boundless energy. And I think that actually this is going to be more fun than you expect. I am very excited. And also, I've been part of the Vogue family for 12 years now. And so some of my closest friends are at Vogue. So it's it's. I think the dream for anyone is to go to work with people that they care about and who make them laugh. But it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Wondering, I'm very concerned about Lloyd's walk schedule. There's just a lot of things that have to be taken into boundaries. account. Boundaries. You can keep those boundaries. Boundaries. Like, you have such a, you know, there's a well, little. I mentioned my, my Lloyd issues to Anna. And she's like, Chloe, we all have dogs. <laughs> no, she <Yes>. didn't. <laughs> I was like, okay. But do you walk your dog? <laughs> 
So yeah. I'm very excited about it. And um, Choma has not heard the last from me. There will be many <laughs> follow-ups. <laughs> We're going to be, yeah, it's going to be fun. And we will still both be doing the run-through. We will be. We will be, which is exciting. So, Choma, tell me about Chimena Kamali. Beautiful name. Right? She's basically taking over Gabriella Hearst's role at, at Chloe. And she worked behind the scenes there, so she's not so she's she's a known a, quantity. So she's a Gabriella Hearst person. Did she yeah. predate Gabriella? She began her career working at Chloe. So, yeah, she did predate her. Okay. So she was on Phoebe Farlow's team. So oh, that interesting. Was, that's, that's a long, long time, time ago. ago. Yeah, so she's a really – she grew up at Chloe in a way. Wow. And I think it was like in a moment when all of, we've seen all these – all this uproar about men being at the helm of these creative... Yes, um, I think people were very relieved when her oh, appointment yeah. was announced. Very um, relieved. I think very relieved. She's from Germany. She um, she had she had two stints at the label that Gabby... Gabby Aguillon. She founded the French label, Chloe. Huh. Yeah. Chloe Sorry. didn't found Chloe? No. Learn something new every yeah. day, mostly yeah, from so, Choma. <laughs> so Shemena has a long history with the brand, okay, which right. I think is 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 it speaks to all the changes that we've seen lately. You know, when you think about Peter Hawkins, at, um, who worked under Tom Ford for for many 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 years. Yeah. Now he's a creative director and Sabato, Sabato coming from Valentino, coming from Valentino, and even Matthew Blase, who who kind of came from behind the scenes. To take Bottega. And Sean McGuire? Sean McGuire, too. He was at yeah. JW. Yeah. Or worked with Jonathan Anderson before. So I mean, I guess it makes sense that yeah. it's going to be someone's number two who comes into these roles. But sometimes right. it's like musical chairs of, of you know. Big names. Big names. So I, I think it's nice that it's sort of a new class. Um, Choma, what have you been watching, reading, listening to this week that's been exciting? So I've been doing a lot of packing. Oh, yes. Yes. The move. Wait, I want you to tell oh everyone God. about your moving strategy because it's amusing to it's me. It's a headache. <laughs> it has been a really good opportunity to think about, like, who I want to be in this new life. And mm. so for me, that starts with clothing. So I'm looking through... All of my old vintage pieces, things that I've maybe held on to a, a little bit too long that just seem out of sync. Wait, is there going to be a Chloe Seveny style Choma sale? No, I'm <laughs> I'm likely going to. You heard it here first. <laughs> when I clear out my closet, which I do quite often, I'm constantly rotating things. But I like to have like a few piles, like one for donation, one for friends, and then one for the real, real. So okay, there's no, so no massive sale. Tell us sale. about the enormous like, yeah, like ski loaded. bags that you're packing so i've started with summer clothing and i've just packed i've put like a ski bag of shorts and t-shirts like the casual stuff and then summer dresses and then shirts and is that going in storage or is that going to the uk with you that's going in storage because i can't mentally face looking through summer clothes right now because i will figure out who the summer version of me is closer to the time (laughs) yeah and while i was doing that i watched this really great documentary on danielle luna who um, was the first black woman to be on the cover of vogue on british vogue i've always really loved images of her and I never knew that much about her hmm. history and she had a quite I don't know about her either yeah she she was kind of she had this mystique she was a really ethereal kind of mysterious character she was a, a black girl from Detroit and I think she felt in order to in order to succeed she had to kind of exoticize her her identity she kind of was almost like racially ambiguous in the way that she would present 
Interesting. And um, and she she changed her voice. Hmm. Um, so she created this persona for herself. And she was just extraordinary looking. And she was also kind of an artist in her own right. It was quite a tragic story. Because she never really got her due. Like, you know, I think... I'd never heard of her. No, no. And like, she was so... Just, she just broke the mold entirely. And she was, she was just extraordinary looking. I did not expect to be wrapped by oh the four-hour Beckham documentary. I cannot wait to watch it. I've been saving it. Well, we watched it because uh, Graham is, you know, a big soccer person and football, rather. He's Apparently, Beckham is not his kind of player, which I <laughs> still don't know what that means. But we started watching it, and then I was completely hooked. It's fascinating. It's Fisher Stevens. Our beloved um, Hugo from Succession, oh. who is also a you know a award winning documentary producer and director, but he's doing the doc and he's very good with both Beckham and Victoria, and they're extremely disarming and funny and charming, and it's such an interesting portal into the British psyche in a way mm. of the way that he was just vilified after the red card. World Cup situation. I just uh, had no idea. It's crazy. British press is wild, Choma. The Who British, knew? The British <laughs> press is wild. And, uh, you know, unrelenting. You know, they're just... Oh, my God. They don't stop. The Brits love an underdog, but we also like to kick a person when they're down. Oof. It's really brutal, actually. It was... I was shocked. But, um, yeah, so it's it's um, it's a very fun... It's a very oh, fun... Very much romp. looking forward to that. Fun fact, I worked at Man United as a stop. waitress. No! In the, in no, the, I cannot believe we've been talking about this for three minutes and it took you that long to say that. <laughs> I mean, I wanted, to, you know, I wanted to hear your review of it. So I worked at Manchester United as a waitress in the in the members' boxes or in the sort of special boxes. Oh, my boxes. God, because you went to college in Manchester. Yes. And Beckham would be wheeled out to talk to all of the guys, the, you know, these, these guys that had memberships to the, you know, the special Not members. Not literally wheeled. Not literally wheeled. <laughs> Just but like, for clarity. <laughs> he would, you know, he would be trotted out. Got it. And he was really pressure and all of that. Really? Oh, my goodness. He was 21. And I mean, what are you supposed to say? It's so much pressure and even just to speak. But, you know, he was their star player. And as I was leaving, I would always see um, Yellow Roses being delivered because uh, Victoria would send him Yellow Roses. No. Yes. I think Yellow Roses symbolize like their forever love. They represent something. I would see like she would send him roses after a game. Yeah, she's a class act. Oh, well, that is not in the dock. Fisher Stevens should have spoken to you. I'm pretty sure that those yellow roses were for David from her. Okay. Which I'm pretty sounds sure. like we have some fact-checking needed. <laughs> yes. We, we. I can't be— Yellow roses symbolize friendship and joy. Oh, do they? <laughs> I don't know. This could be me remembering this wrong, but no, I do but I like flower it. Let's deliveries. go with it. Let's go with it. I remember flower deliveries, and I think that she sent them to him. When I'm in London, I'll ask her. The run-through will be back in just a moment. After the break, we will share our conversation with the delightful Real Housewife of New York, Jenna Lyons. Hi. 
Hi, we're Carlene and Jill, hosts of Breaking Beauty Podcast, the show all about the breakthrough people, products, and moments in beauty. On our show, you're going to find hella inspiring guests like Emily Weiss of Glossier, and you'll get beauty tips galore from the top pros in the industry, like Kim Kardashian's makeup guru, and you'll hear skincare secrets from the likes of Dr. Pimple Popper. Plus, you'll get shopping help with our Damn Goods episodes, where we review the latest products hitting store shelves to let you know what's actually worth your money. Listen every Wednesday to Breaking Beauty Podcast. Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? Maybe a chef-grade range made you want to hone your cooking skills, or a high-tech tennis racket made you want to work on your backhand. I recently bought a new pair of running shoes, and that made me love hitting the pavement again. Well, when we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. And we're back. (laughs) (laughs) Today's interview is with the one, the only, Jenna Lyons. Yeah, I mean, you you might know Jenna from her multi-decade tenure at J.Crew. She was the creative director back in 2008. God, is it that long ago? It was such a It was a moment. It was such a moment. It was when Michelle Obama was wearing all J.Crew. It was when, like— those lookbooks were just a delight to yeah, see the were. way that she styled things. I yeah. mean, so many trends, I feel like, originated with Jenna's J. Crew. Yeah. And, you know, since then, she's 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 been kept busy with tons of many other ventures, too. Yes. Today, she told us all about her eyelash brand that she launched a few years ago, Love Scene. I think it should be called Backlash. <laughs> I uh, love Backlash. Oh, my God. Uh, which came from a personal <laughs> place, which we will hear about. Yes. And, I mean, most of us, I think, at the moment know her because she's joined the Real Housewives of New York. And she's the first openly gay cast member. She's great on the show, I have to say. I yeah. really enjoyed her diplomacy in navigating Yeah, it sounds like it was, quite, it, it was quite a tricky <laughs> environment to navigate or... Quite a tricky circle to navigate. Yeah. So it was fun to chat with Jenna about that. She joined us via Zoom from her lovely home in Amagansett. And her partner, Cass Bird, beloved Vogue photographer, was just out of frame and briefly popped in to say hello as we were grilling her about a certain ring photo that she posted on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And... uh, also, Roni star Popeye, her prog terrier who looks like a miniature pincher, was um, rather vocal during our interview. <laughs> so you may hear Popeye in the background. But without further ado, here is Jenna. I'm happy to see both of you. But most importantly, congratulations, Shoma, on your new role. This Thank you. Well deserved. It's a really big deal. It and also big deal. moving back to England. Like, hmm. yeah. You ready for that part? <laughs> I am. I've been getting tips from other. We were just. We just had oh. Zadie Smith on the show, and oh. she was giving me her tips for moving back. Home. We were swooning. Zadie was so great. But Jenna, we have to talk about the show, which just wrapped. And I have to say, I was obsessed with your shoe closet. I mean, you have. I think it's three hundred and eighty pairs of shoes. But of course, I want to know what the latest purchases are. Oh, I. So I love the little Prada Batwing shoes. I bought them in black and then I bought a pair of white ones with flowers. 
and I might have my eyes on another pair. Oh my God. <laughs> I know. And I don't only really do that, but I, they're, I don't know. Like it's one of those things where once you get obsessed with something, I have a tendency to get a little deeply obsessed. So yeah, I bought a few pairs of those, but I haven't really bought shoes in a while. Like it's kind of a new thing. I, I put, I went on hiatus because the pandemic, I didn't go anywhere. Nobody cared what I was wearing on my feet. I know. We all just wore Birkenstocks for three years. And I know. Now we're back to bat wings. <laughs> wow. Well, what did you buy? Have you bought anything? That's a good question. Oh, I recently bought another pair of uh, – I'm a big Belgian loafer person, and mm-hmm. I just bought a I new pair of those. Um, my navy ones, I had like navy suede ones, and they'd really seen better days. So I got navy faux lizard ones, which I'm happy just with. Just a version of what I had before. With yeah, black no, piping, I, which I was very happy about. And Shoma, what was yours? Well, what was mine? You did big shopping this weekend. I did. I did. Shoma's doing new job shopping. I know. I know. I I bought a bunch of actually vintage uh, Yoji and Wise. Somehow it just spoke to me. But I have my eye speaking. Oh, a couple of stores. One called Ending Soon. Mm -hmm. And they have really good sort of 90s vintage. And... Laura Kaleji. They're both like within a few blocks of each other. So I did so much damage in such a short space of time. It was Efficiency. wild. And then I got a foot massage. Yeah. <laughs> that was my weekend. I was like, oh, so much shopping. Need my feet. Are it's hurting. very carry of you. I know. To but your cardio. <laughs> I know. I have a. I have my eye on a pair of loafers. Okay. Wales Bonner loafers and they have like little cowrie shells where... Oh, cool. ...across the top. So I'm like, are those going to be my new... Is that my new office shoe? Like, I'm very so going into the office a lot do you think or is this job going to be a little bit more remote i'm an office girl i like <laughs> i like getting dressed for the office <laughs> yeah. um from what I, i've heard people in the uk don't aren't as religious about going to the office pandemic or not so right. that might be a, a nice flexibility yeah yeah i mean i'm definitely a four four days a week mm. in the office and do people dress up as much in england i feel like people don't dress up as much for the office there it's so, so funny because we were talking to Zadie and she was like, nobody gets dressed up for anything. And if you can hear, you can get dressed up for everything. And I don't know. I think people are more, I mean, there's a more casual vibe in the UK regardless. But I think it's a, it's all about the wrong shoe theory. I think you'll see people who might come in. I hate to pull that out. You TikToker. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, you know, maybe maybe someone will, will wear like a really beautiful pair of pleated pants with some sneakers or something. You know, I, I think that there's more flexibility with breaking the rules but listen it's been a long time so i will i will report back guys you've dipped your toe into the well you're not just dipping your toe you have a beauty brand now no i do but it was interesting because it's it's a little bit of solving a problem it wasn't necessarily because i wanted to like like go on fire in terms of beauty but it was i was trying to fix something that I was struggling with and and wanting to have the optionality of of doing that it wasn't that I wanted to be that all the time I I can't do it all the time and there are women who like are full beat full on every day all the time I'm like it's overwhelming I don't even know like I'm too lazy I mean was it was it fun sort of solving the problem I know I mean can you tell us a bit more about your brand Sure. Um, well, I, so I, don't, I have, I mean, I feel like I'm a broken record with this genetic disorder thing. Cause I think everyone, I feel like it's become my calling card and I didn't necessarily want that to be, but because of my genetic disorder, I don't have any eyelashes. Mm. And, um, and I noticed so much that I was seeing in, you know, I was watching all those YouTube videos of women doing like 17 layers of contour and Huda beauty. And like after her, you know, 18th, you know, layer of like eyeshadow and eyeliner and primer and all this other stuff, then like an eyelash would go on. And at the same time I was, in the offices at J. Crew. So this is when I was sort of incubating the idea and all the women were 
coming in with eyelash extensions, but they didn't really wear any makeup. And so you had these kind of two really disparate Mm. groups of people, one wanting the full beat and fully like glam, glam, glam. And then these women who were like very natural and just really wanted eyelashes. And when I tried to wear lashes for like red carpet or like photo shoots or anything, they were always just so overwhelming. I couldn't wear any of them. And I had the same experience, you know, particularly different skin tones. Like it just, there was nothing really, there was no variation. And also like all of the lashes that I could find, they all had a lot of weight toward the outside. But mm, if you have down hooded lids or if you're Asian, like it doesn't work. And so mm. it's like, I felt like there was something missing. Somehow I decided it was a good idea for me to start my own business. And now I'm <laughs> learning how hard it is. That's so cool. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Do we hear Popeye? You hear Popeye. He's very, very <laughs> listening skills I feel, there. I feel like if there's a dog in the vicinity... Well, I've had issues when I've been recording from home and Lloyd has heard someone in the elevator. Lloyd. Yeah. And so I, I, uh, you know, I I feel for that. But I I have Popeye is my favorite cameo on The Real Housewives. What kind of dog is Popeye? Is he a pincher? What is he? Well, so he is a mix of a chihuahua and a prog terrier. But when you look up a prog terrier, they look like miniature pinchers. Okay. He's the best. Although he is annoying because he doesn't have a doggy door and he wants to go in that. No. And I also was qu- quite um, intrigued on the show that he drinks coffee. What? It's a problem, honestly. Thank you, Chloe, for highlighting that. <laughs> appreciate you. Um, well, I mean, I don't know how it started. I think I left my coffee cup like on some random shoot day on the ground and I had iced coffee and he started drinking it. And now every time I have a mug in my hand or a coffee cup, he whines until I give him some. So I give him a tiny bit because I think it's, coffee's toxic to dogs. He's still alive. So I can't do that. But I mean, he's, he want, he still wants it. Coffee and ice cream are hurt. And I just saw some stupid TikTok thing saying that like, those are two of the worst things for dogs, ice cream and coffee. Really? Yeah, that sounds right. But coffee, but ice cream. He's still alive. No, he loves coffee ice cream. It's my favorite too. But <laughs> I'll report back if I'm if he's close to death. <laughs> so Jenna, I saw that you went to Paris. Was it for Paris Fashion Week? I went to Paris um, with Victoria Beckham. Uh, they asked me to come because we're doing something together, and um, and I've never, you know, I've never gone. Like I don't. I you think never, every, it's so you funny you've to never me because gone to Paris Fashion Week. Well, but imagine, like I was always on the design side, so there was never right. any reason. Like I'm not an editor. I was, there was never any reason for me to go, and no one invited. Like, I didn't get invited to those things, and I, and it's funny because your reaction of like who's never gone <laughs> is like, like a lot of people have that same reaction. <laughs> like, well, no one's. I've never really had a reason to go. I mean, I would love to go and I have the best, it was the best experience of my life. And I got to meet Usher and his incredible. Oh, we've been talking about and, Usher. And my, We're so excited about the Super Bowl. <laughs> I'm obsessed. Oh God, me too. You did an amazing uh, Instagram video of what you packed. And we were all very impressed. You packed two gray sweatshirts, five button-ups, two trousers, a black blazer, a striped shirt, and latex. So know, you, you I, don't pack in looks, then you pack pieces that you know you're going to mix and match. Like how? What's your do, packing strategy? Okay, wait. Do you guys pack in looks? I need to know. I pack in looks, but I think I have you a lot do. more of a kookier. I like I, I don't mix. Like mostly, I I pack in palettes. Right. Oh, that's an interesting palettes. I do too, which is usually what I'll pack in a palette because it's easier for me. And I don't know how to do looks, and like I get in so much trouble, and everyone's like, "What are you wearing?" And they like people say, "Can you show us what you're wearing?" I'm like, "I have no idea," and I'll usually decide the day of, but. You pack in palettes. Okay. Would latex ever... Have you ever worn latex, Chloe? I have not. Me So I want to know about this. Would you? Honestly, I sweat a lot. 
So it seems extremely uncomfortable for me. You should me. write a story no. about this, Chloe. About no. sweating? About No, about where you should never worn latex and try it. Have you worn latex? No, I haven't. Yeah, you write a story about it. <laughs> I mean, I won't lie. Like, you come home and, like, you have created an, an ecosystem within your own body. Yes! <laughs> and, like, when you unzip it, like... Will you describe for our audio listeners, since it's not visual, what this look was? So I took a, a Tom Ford cashmere men's suit and uh, three pieces of latex, which I wasn't sure which one I was going to wear. So I had a, a pencil skirt, a deep V bodysuit, and a turtleneck. And I ended up wearing the like mock neck bodysuit with wow. the trousers from the suit. And I took the jacket, but I didn't end up wearing it. The problem is when you wear latex, you have to put lube on it because otherwise it doesn't shine. And so then you mm. you can't get next to anything. You can't hug anyone. Oh, you can't rub oh up against anything. God. And you can't sit on like a, a piece of like upholstered furniture because you will ruin it. So like you, you're you a little bit like a weirdo. Like you're walking into the party and you're like, don't touch. But Social distancing. Kind of right? yeah, you're that. the pariah of yeah. Paris. I, I was the pride of Paris, exactly. I did not, that headline never happened, but you can thank, thank you, Chloe, for... for yeah. I appreciate that so much. But it, you know, and everyone like goes, comes close to you and then they touch you and they're like, oh, oh. But it's because lube is the only thing that really works. And I bought the, the bodysuit is from YSL. And it's so funny because it comes with this beautiful little box of like a tube that's this big, um, you know, maybe like a size of like a, an eyedropper tube for your, you know, if you have dry eyes. And then it comes with one that's like clean, um, clean and shine and something else, deodorized or something. And they're like a box is big. And meanwhile, like I could empty an entire bottle in that thing. I mean, there's no, you're not using that one. Oh, wow. And so I had to refill it because the first one I got after I wore it once, it was almost empty. And so I had to buy it. Well, the stuff comes in a bin like this. It's oh like, my God. it's literally like a shampoo bottle <laughs> that you spray on and it's basically lube. So wow. I was like a, I'm like a giant sex toy. Wow. I think that's, I think that's better than the pariah that you mean. The pride of Paris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's better than the pariah. <laughs> Where do you buy your gray sweatshirts? Oh, I mean, they're only vintage. So oh. my favorite one is, um, well, actually that's not true. My, my favorite one is when I got at El Cosmico, which is in Marfa. And then do you know wardrobe? I mean, you guys know everything. Yeah. Wardrobe, I see. They have like a short, big, oversized boxy one. That's my other one. Okay. Those are the only two I really wear. And what about white button downs? Most of them I have made. Oh, that's I have a weird. Body. Oh, like, that's such a good. Oh, mate, yeah. It, it is I feel the best. Like I want it is to. the most satisfying thing. But you do need help if you ever go. This is the most important tip to know if you ever go and have your shirts made. If you are, particularly if you're a woman, ask them to, to give you like super lightweight or almost no fusible in the collar and cuffs because what uh, because most made to measure is made for men and they need those really stiff collar and cuffs, their ties, and that's what they're looking for. But uh, I don't like that, so you have to ask them to remove the fusible or use a really lightweight trico fusible or a. So that's a, an important tip to know wow. if you go and have oh, a shirt. That's good to that's good to know. Do you do you do it in New York or do you go to Italy or do you have a f- preferred? No, well I started I started doing it when I used to go to Hong Kong for J Crew and Ascot Chang was in the downstairs lobby of the Intercontinental Hotel, which is where we used to stay. And so I would go and and do them there, and they would turn them around like in three days because you were there. 
what, here in New York City, you can go. It's on 59th Street. And they, it takes, you know, six weeks because it takes them a little bit longer and they have to ship them. But the other thing you have to make sure is that you figure out where you want your button to, like, yeah, that's how low do you want the button? Because mm-hmm. you, it's a big <laughs> issue for women with boobs. It's like everyone wants their buttons to be in a different place. And that's the biggest issue most women have. Like, either the button's too high or too low. It's, you know, the, that, and so when you can actually dial that in and then exactly the length of sleeve you want and, you know, how you want your collar to, it's like all that stuff. And then you get to pick your monograms. So I'm, cool. I'm really into it. It's fun. I'll take you. It's so fun. Oh, okay. I'll I'm, take I'm you here up for on that. <laughs> well, we saw that you think you might have some news. Big, big Instagram posts, hard <laughs> launch, oh, as the kids I say. Oh God. I think that there's, there is a little bit of a, I, we were just being happy. And I think there's a lot of interpretation. Um, we're just very happy. There's nothing, there's no, no news to announce. Um, oh, but, oh, but we're great. happy that you're happy because we yeah. can't Thank think you. of a, a more a more gorgeous and lovely couple. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you so yeah. much. I appreciate that. Yeah. How did you guys meet? Oh God. I mean, years ago. I mean, we've known each other in the orbit of years ago, but so, you know, and you guys know how it is. It's like you, you yeah. kind of cross paths with these people in this industry over time. So probably... 12 years ago. And, um, and so we've, we've kind of known each other, but it wasn't until more recently when, you know, both of us were available that we actually were able to, to, um, be in a relationship, but yeah, we've known each other for years. And Joe, I don't think you said it's, uh, oh, sorry, I didn't say Casper, time out. Sorry, I, friend, fabulous I, <laughs> friend of, friend of Vogue, friend of Vogue, fabulous photographer yeah. of all things, but yeah. fashion, you know, principal, not yeah. principally, but of principal interest to Vogue. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that Cass? <gasps> oh, hi, Cass. <laughs> Cass. <laughs> Cass cameo. My ears are burning. <laughs> you you really led us all on an exciting moment. A real, a real ride with the ring photo. I know. And I am a gemologist, and I like really big diamonds, yeah. and that's really all. Oh, tell us what, about your yeah jewelry. <laughs> like we love talking about jewelry. Where do you like? Tell us your gem journey. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, no, I want to buy. I feel like I like to mark when I have a big life change. I like to mark it with a piece of jewelry. Oh wait, so I'm sorry, Jenna. In the so, next week before Choma moves, you need to take her to get uh, shirts made to measure and to your gemologist. <laughs> well, I could take. I have a very nice gemologist, and I definitely know how to get you shirts made. So I think this is actually a rite of passage, and we should do it. And then you'll go to London, and you'll be blinged and appointed. Cass agrees. Yeah. <laughs> I've taken her to get shirts made. It's oh, it's an amazing oh, – everyone I've taken so after they do it, they're like, why didn't I – because it's only really – I don't know why, but for some reason it's always been relegated to men, which I don't understand. But yeah. so I'm definitely trying to get all the women I know oh, over, over I to I love that this. Time. What designers are you loving lately? It's a good question. I mean, it's funny. I feel like I've gone back in time in the things that I loved. I'm deeply, deeply excited for Phoebe Philo to come back into same. the same <laughs> Because I, when I look in my closet, so many of the pieces that I wear over and over and over again are from her reign at Celine and even some of the things from her time at Chloe. So like, I'm so excited. I'm on the list. I get every email. I'm like, girl, what is happening? <laughs> I have a whole little kitty of money put aside for her. So like, please come back. I know. And then like, I, I really do find myself like, God, there's so many things. I love Husband's Paris. Do you know Husband's no. Paris? No, no. Tell us more. It's a men's line and it's out of Paris. And mm. the Instagram, the way that they approach it, it's like old 
like original YSL, like little Cuban heels. Like it is, Mm. if you look at the Instagram, you'll understand why. And I bought a bunch of pieces from them. And the product I find is like, it is kind of what I want Brooks Brothers to be. Do you know what I mean? It's like, there is, it's just simple, just perfect, Mm. beautifully made. Get balanced or thrive trying. My name is Les and I'm the host of Balanced Black Girl, a podcast dedicated to helping you feel your best. Join me for casual conversations about what it means to live a well-rounded life. I cover everything from how to make friends as an adult to how to create a workout routine that works for you to how to practice better financial wellness. Tune in for approachable conversations with wellness thought leaders and inspiring guests, as well as intimate solo chats with me for relatable advice. Follow wherever you get your podcasts and look out for new episodes every Tuesday. Jenna, when I think of you, I think of Uh-oh. extreme taste. And I love <laughs> Rachel Tashin's wa- uh, Washington Post piece about this. But this is all a way of leading into, tell us why The Real Housewives. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's not the epitome of taste. So a couple of reasons. I mean, first off, I had this business, um, the eyelash business, which we talked about a little bit. And, I, you know, the world has changed. Like it used mm. to be, you would buy an ad in every magazine or you would run a, you know, a billboard and the, and you were advertising, you get your light, your name out there, but everything has changed. And there's so many, everything is splintered in terms of the way that you gain access to people. And I wasn't an influencer. I didn't have a huge following. People didn't like some people knew who I was, but a lot of people didn't. And I didn't really jump on the Instagram bandwagon early at all. I was very pulled back. And so like when I started this, we very quickly got picked up by Target, which was amazing. However, we what we were finding is that people who were in all of the places that knew me, like we were flying off the shelves in those areas, but in places where people who didn't, didn't know who we were, like the product was sitting there. And so they were like, how do you help us? And then completely separately, I had, as a joke on a podcast, talked to like somebody had asked me if I would ever go on the show. And I was like, sure. Like, you know, as a joke. And then Oh my goodness. Later. Oh my goodness. Is that Andy how was listening? Yeah. Well, okay. So here's the, the the full story is I was on a podcast. They asked me if I ever ever joined. They're like, they've never had a gay openly gay housewife. And I was like, great. They posted a picture of me in the lineup with all the other women. And obviously I didn't know they were doing a reboot. So it was not really the real deal. But I reposted it and then I forwarded it to Andy and I was like, with a, a smiling, laughing face. And he was like, this is actually a good idea. And then 10 months later he called and that was sort of right at the time the target was like, Hey, what can you do? And, you know, I thought about it. I also think like I spent so many years at J crew in my previous life of doing everything by the book and everything mm-hmm. I was supposed to do. And I remember I got called into um, HR once when I was at the Soho house and there was a band playing and everyone was pushing people towards the pool and I got pushed into the pool in a Balenciaga dress and it <laughs> ended like an up in Vanity Fair. <laughs> and I got called into the principal's office basically saying like, you're the president of a company, you can't do this. And I, so I had spent all this time like being told that I had to fit into this bucket and I couldn't do anything that sat outside of like, you know, being just normal or good. And so I was like, well, I actually don't have anyone telling me that anymore. So I was like, I don't have anything to lose really. Like my reputation is like, I'm 55. Who the hell cares? I really love that you did it. And I just want to know how your life has changed because it does, it does seem like it was, it was, yeah, it was meant to be kind of, or it was the right moment to do it. I mean, my life hasn't changed that much, honestly. I mean, other than like 
very sweetly, like people will be like on the street, I love you, or Aww. I don't, you know, it's, it's that it's, but other than that, not, not really anything. Um, it's been, it's actually been nice. I mean, yeah, my Instagram following has gone up and that's lovely. And like for my business and my business has really like seen a massive lift, which has been, which is what I did it for. And that's been great. But other than that, it hasn't really changed that much. I have a lot of questions. Um, <laughs> the season ended, obviously, you filmed it, and then it didn't come out until a long time later. I would assume that's maybe a little bit similar to designing a collection, but not really, right? Because that's quite immediate. It's the, No, it's the exact same thing. I mean, it's so funny that you brought that parallel because I have said the same thing. You design a collection. I mean, we were often a year ahead. Right. And by the time the product that we were working on and was in the store, we were on another season. I was like, everyone's like, oh, do you want that thing? And I'm like, no, I haven't seen that thing in ages. And I, or, you know, we would first, it would be designed. Then we would approve and decide it would be on the line. Then we go into fittings and we'd approve the fitting. Then we do photo samples and we go photo shoot. So by the time it got into the store, I'd seen it a hundred times. I was over it. And so it's like, I'm like, oh, done. And on to the next thing and into the next season. And that's very similar. Like, I think I'm a little bit different than maybe the other cast members because they had never, they've never really experienced this level of like attention mm-hmm. and in the moment experience. I'm like, literally couldn't, <laughs> I'm sort of over it. <laughs> okay. But then what was it like seeing the edit? Because, in a, I mean, it's sort of like someone writing an article about you and then yeah. you read it and you're like, oh, well, that was taken out of context. Were you well, I, upset by it or you were able to sort of separate? I think both. And, and I think you're, I think again, like your analogy is, is exactly right. It's like, I've experienced that enough to have sort of gotten myself used to that feeling. It's a little bit like a saddle where, you know, the first time you sit in it, it, it doesn't work for you and it hurts. And by the time you like actually have been through it a few times, like, you know, how to, how to sit in it a little bit better. And I'm not as like taken out by some of those things. So, and I also realized through, my experience with my previous life is that the news only lasts for two to three days. Like nothing lasts longer than that. And so you can get really upset and you can hold on to something. You know, if you Google me, there are things out there that are vastly untrue about my relationship, about my wealth, about my son, about my marriage. (laughs) Like you Mm. can find many sort of conflicting subjects. And the fact of the matter is like, it doesn't really matter. And I, I, I heard um, actually Tom Holland, I think say this quote and it was something like, and basically it was like, listen, if you have a problem with me, text me. And if you don't <laughs> have my number, then you don't have the right to have a problem with me. Oh, I love that. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. It's yeah. So and true. I was like, great. Like, it's like, okay, whatever. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Excellent. Excellent and, rule for living. Did the producers on the show say, here's a list of things we want you guys to cover. Was there a, like a script for that? Well, no, I'm just so curious I, about the, how it works. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I was new to it obviously. And, and, and still sort of learning and watching it unfold because I'm seeing it in real time as the audience is. So no, to answer your question really flatly, no, there was no script and there was no sort of like design that they've shared with us. Do, did they have something on the back end that they were sort of thinking about trying to make sure that we covered? That's very possible. I don't know what I, what I do know is that the audience didn't know any of us. So we were all new. And I think there is inherently a direct relationship between the way that you grew up and the way that you manage your interpersonal skills. And we all experience that. I experienced every single one of us. We all sort of came to the table with things that we were struggling with, or we had struggled with, or we were dealing with currently that, that informed and played a part in how we handled every situation. Did you know any of the, um, of them before you started filming? I mean, what I realized is like, 
this word to know someone is kind of general. Right, it's like, right. was I acquainted with them? Sure. I was acquainted with some of them, but I didn't know any of them. Like I didn't know them at all. And right. we came very quickly realized that we didn't know each other. And it's hard to, to get to know women in like your older part of it. You know, it's like mm. that level of vulnerability is, is hard to come by and you don't have, and also like I have a family, I have a lot going on in my life. Like spending time with new people isn't always that easy. And so, um, you know, yeah, we, I know them now. Yeah. Do I mean, you keep in touch. Yeah, do you keep in touch. I mean, were there any, Oh yeah. 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 Cause I think for us now it's all happening. So like while the filming happened in November, December, January, a little bit of February, it's all coming to light now and the attention and the news and the banter, whether it be press or, you know, or, you know, viewers is happening now. And, and that has had a positive a negative effect on every single person in the cast. Everyone right. has gone through something in, in relationship to the way that that show portrayed us or we portrayed ourselves. And so we've all been, you know, in contact and it has not been easy. Were there points when you kind of forget that the camera's there or how like, real what, how are we real, talking? How real are we talking and how, how many hours of the day are you sort of trailed by by um, I think so. I think both things happen. I think that um, there are times when you are very aware of the cameras because it just is the nature of the physicality. But then when you look right. at something like a trip, where the cameras right. come up at eight in the morning and they don't go down until midnight, like you do, wow. you lose. You, there, and especially if someone is, if someone else is having an emotional experience or something else is going on that involves someone else, you do kind of, you you don't you, you know that the cameras are not on you in that moment, mm-hmm. and so you are sort of you soften and, and, you know, again, I probably had more experience with cameras than the rest of them. So I think right. that, um, I maybe had a slightly different relationship to the cameras, but I would say I was hyper aware sometimes and completely unaware of others. Wow. You were, you were good at giving gifts. Is that a love language of yours or do you enjoy gift giving? I, at least is, on the show. I got chicken down for it, which is so I know, funny. You got it's like, really it's, dragged. <laughs> really dragged it's funny because I think that there is this idea that I had expectations around the gifts and also I mean you know there's I I am one of those people who like I have I get a lot of things sent to me and I'm so grateful and I love it and I see when people come over to my house they're like oh my god I wish I would get all these things like to me I was like oh I feel really grateful that I get all this stuff and like there's all these things that I love and all these women who have brands that are small that I wanted to support. And so at the very beginning of the show, before I even really had gotten a chance to get to know them well, I just started calling people and like, listen, I want to do a gift basket for Christmas. Like, do you want to yeah, that's so, that's put something so nice. in? No, no expectation. I just said, I will post the, what we, I'm not asking them to do anything, but I'll post it. I think that now having had, you know, sort of time with them, I think, I think they like, didn't know me and they just didn't know. They thought I had ulterior motives, which I get. Like mm. I, I can understand that. And I think now in retrospect, I think that there's much more understanding and we've all kind of gotten over it. But yes, I think in the moment when it happened, I think there was a little bit of like, why are you giving them the stuff? What are you trying to get? And, you know, tough there crowd. wasn't necessarily going to I mean, yeah, tough crowd. I'll take a gift. Give it to me. <laughs> well, but, and I think again, like, I think that you can't imagine, this is the part that's so hard. And this is why I feel defensive of everyone on the show. It's like, it's so hard to imagine that, dynamic and how everything is set up and right. how you don't really understand who to trust and who's doing what and wh- where things are being. Right. It's so I, I can see how somebody might've thought that I was maybe trying to be manipulative and it wasn't, right. but it took a while for them to trust me and to believe that I was not necessarily trying to like get, and I get it. Like I totally understand. And I feel like 
I feel sympathy and, and tenderness around it. It's a social experiment, the whole thing. You sort of, you know, and how many times are you thrown into the situation with a whole group of new people and suddenly having to like, okay, well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do feel like, I, I want to know, Jenna, are you encouraged to have as much conflict as possible? Because I'm sorry, these women seemed like they were trying to find as many faults. Like when you got in trouble for flying early to Anguilla, I was like, my God, give this woman a, <laughs> let, let her fly business for God's sake. <laughs> I mean, okay, so like full transparency and like the, it is a show. Like, yeah. no one wants to sit, watch us sit around and just like basket, do basket weaving. Like, that's not what we're here for. And so <laughs> exactly. I don't want to, I don't want to paint a picture that is untrue, but there is no question, I think. And also, we were all new. Like, none of us really understood how this worked and what would go down. So we were all trying to figure out like how, like, the fact of the matter is, if the show was just me, everyone would be asleep and I could be like a lullaby show. Like, I, those girls were the ones who carried everything and they were, we were all trying to figure it out. And, you know, they're the ones who were trying to figure out, like, okay, well, what's, what's funny and interesting? We were trying to figure out how do we be funny? How do we be playful? How can we be a little bit like sarcastic? And how do we actually like create, like, it, it was not clear to us what the hell we were doing. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think from the outside looking in, it may look like everyone's being mean, but I think we were all just like, like we were like a flock of seagulls with like no leader. We were just like, which way do we go? <laughs> and we didn't totally understand how to kind of, how to make something. And we'd never seen ourselves on TV as a group either. So like what I see now and how the dynamic, it's like mind blowing because I realized how all of the bits and pieces come together, but we were just, we were kind of flying blind and, and trying to like figure it out together. That's <laughs> Oh, popcorn has so many thoughts. <laughs> Popeye, Popeye. Popeye, I'm so sorry. <laughs> What's your dog's name? Leonard? Oh, shade. Rude. <laughs> Lloyd will not forget that. <laughs> Although my mom did have a three-legged dog named Leonard when she was in the Is no. he named after anyone specific? No, I just had a list on my phone of potential dog names. And, and it was when I was pregnant. And Graham was like, do you have that for kids? I was like, no. <laughs> What is your classic lip? I feel like you have this famous lip color. Well, it's funny because I realize like I have a few of them, but I think it's just because I always wear ones that are very orange and yeah. not blue. And I think on camera they pop a lot, which is intentional. So I have a few favorites. There's a Sephora one that I actually don't know the name of, which I feel terribly at. And then there's NARS Heat Wave, which I don't know if you've uh. probably seen. Have you ever worn Heat Wave? It's nope, very orange. I haven't. I love it, it orange, red. Orange. It almost, but the thing is, what happens on camera is it turns a little bit more red, but any blue turns brown. And so mm. on camera, blues go brown, oranges go bright. And the way that that's the way that the camera picks them up. And so it, it often looks like I have a very bright red, but oftentimes they're much more of an orangey red. So heat wave. Um, and then the, I don't know what the Sephora one is. It's like this, like, it's literally like tar. And I think people have told me it's made with beetles, but <laughs> have you heard that? That no. really, really. Bad? Really, really red reds apparently are made with something. Oh, yes, and it um, coconella. I don't know. Isn't it called coconella or something? I don't know. With a C. It's beetles. Well, yeah. coccinelle is yeah. ladybug in French. Is that? But I think it is. Oh, made. I Maybe know. I don't did know. You to, did you go to the Lycée Francais? I didn't. But, oh, you yeah. just speak French. You're cute. Yeah. I wish I spoke French better, and if I'd gone to the Lycée, I would. But you know what they should make the red Chloe lipstick with? Lantern very... flies. Oh, God, those are red, disgusting. and they are everywhere. No, I hate those. That's true. <laughs> I mean, it'd be a good use for them. Oh, gosh. But anyway. Jenna, you're a style icon to so many. Who are your style icons? 
That is comedy. Oh, <laughs> I know. This has just turned into a comedy show. Um, <laughs> I, mind. I loved Slim Keith. I have a huge, like, I loved, mm. I always remember, like, images of Slim Keith. I love, I'm, I've always, like, loved Catherine Hepburn. I think just for her irreverence and, like, her desire to not sort of fit into the mold of what everyone else wants to do. Can you tell us who Slim Keith is for people who don't know? For our younger listeners. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to be able to like explain her. How do you want me to? I don't know what. So Slim reference. Keith was not only a model, but a tastemaker. She was the wife of Howard Hawks, the legendary director. And she famously discovered she was also an editor, no? Yes. Was she? I didn't know that. Part. She was a, a magazine editor and she discovered Lauren Bacall at 19 and she got her cast into Have and Have Not. And that's why into Have and Have Not, Lauren Bacall's character is called Slim. And this is okay, why so- they pay her the big bucks, guys. <laughs> I was going to say, I think that, um- <laughs> Damn. Okay, Chloe. No research. Just That was just off the cuff, guys. <laughs> just factoids off the everything. I'm so okay. impressed. So, yeah, I didn't know all that. <laughs> Maybe she, also, she also invented the ponytail. What? Okay, so I've I've I have read that and heard that, but I have also heard and read conflicting information about okay, that. Okay, tell so, us. Do you, well, no, I just just the fact that, that she wasn't necessarily the person. It wasn't that there was anybody who said that there there was, but that she wasn't necessarily the claim to fame for the ponytail. But uh, so I'm curious to see, like, how do you even delineate and decide who gets credit for something like that? Because I'm sorry, don't you think that's been going on for years? Like hundreds and hundreds of I mean, years. Louis like, the Cateurs invented the ponytail. Like you could make <laughs> well, that I argument. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, no, but that's what I mean. It's like, I don't recent. know if you really yeah. say that. Like, but anyway, so she, well, and I think that um, to have and to have not is probably where I I sort of fell in love with her. Um, but I think also because she, there was this sort of sly sexiness to her that I think you don't often see like that kind of very, you know, she wore pants, she wore flats, which again, that was very unusual and didn't do the full kind of blown make full makeup and and wore the hair sleek back and that was just not always that wasn't of the time so she was just she could, people who I think stepped stepped out of what you expected I think were always kind of hot to me. We love that. All right, All right. this was so fun. Thank so you. fun! Can't wait till we go get our shirts made. Same. Oh my, I'm I'm gen- genuinely serious. I'm happy to take you. It really is fun and like this, I mean it wholeheartedly. I would. We'll hold you to it. Okay, <laughs> I'm coming. <laughs> bye, bye guys. Bye. That's it for The Run Through. We'll see you next week. See ya. Bye. The Run Through of Vogue is a production of Condé Nast Entertainment. The show is produced by Susie Lechtenberg, Chelsea Daniel, and Alex John Burns. It's engineered by Jake Loomis and Gabe Kiroga and mixed by Mike Kutchman. See you soon. Bye. We've all been there before. You're planning a dinner party or having family over or even just cooking for yourself when all of a sudden it starts to feel overwhelming. Uh, I live in a very small one-bedroom apartment with a very small kitchen. I can't figure out what to serve besides water soup at this point. I'm Chris Morocco, food director of Bon Appetit and Epicurious, and this is Dinner SOS, a new podcast from Bon Appetit. Maybe it's a last-minute party with no menu inspiration. A kitchen with no space. A toddler who will only eat buttered pasta. Name your dinner emergency. We're here to help. Here's how the show works. On each episode, we'll take a call from a home cook facing a real dinner emergency. Then, I'll work with one of our editors or someone from our amazing test kitchen to try and solve it. Because cooking for the people you love should inspire joy without a side of stress. Make sure you're following Dinner SOS wherever you're listening now. 